morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several of my friends this morning. We've got the funniest Italian in blockchain, also known as the top crypto researcher on the planet, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Welcome in. Mario, the Zill Moonboy, also known as the Node Defender, is joining us today. And we've got the original crypto Goliath and proud husband of Shelly, Gonzo, <laughs> back on the program. Happy to have all of you. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing what are the indicators to look for during an impending alt season? What the Ethereum 2.0 merger could mean for the future of institutional adoption? We've got MetaMask to accept debit and credit card payments, enabling a faster on-ramp for crypto purchases. Ripple chairman Chris Larson funds a campaign against proof of stake and warns of the environmental impact of not shifting to new protocols, while RippleNet is thriving as it begins being utilized by the largest financial institution in Middle East and Africa. Also, we will disclose the top five Bitcoin treasuries on the planet and some names that may surprise you. Our show is now available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So welcome in, everybody. And we'll start this thing the same way we always do, by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. If you're looking for access to me, Johnny, Jackie, Coach JV, or any other members of our team, this is the best place to do so, where you get to live interact with us on a daily basis, and we'll keep that content coming. We've got the Fear and Greed Index this morning, showing a neutral 52 Barely out of the greed range, which is pretty exciting for me because I thought we were getting a little too optimistic here. But it's good to see us taking a little back test back into the top of the fear range where we've got 2.16 trillion in global market cap today. Bitcoin sitting just under 42% dominance at $47,000. We've got Ethereum just below 3400 XRP is just below 86 cents. Cardano is sitting at $1.20. Of course, this morning, we're going to talk about Dogecoin. We've got a 14 cent Dogecoin to the moon, as they say. Kronos, 48 cents. And we'll scroll down to XLM here, sitting just below 24 cents. And another project that caught my eye this morning was Hedera Hashgraph making some moves as it climbs back up toward that 28 six cents range. So a bunch of great stuff this morning. I'd love to start with just some comments from the group. Johnny Crypto, good morning. Welcome in. And what are you watching this morning? Uh, I'm I'm watching the Italian flag over here. Just you know, <laughs> ruin the flag. Bring uh, the energy, no. Johnny. Where's the good morning? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, to everybody out there, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Hey. It's Johnny Crypto wishing you a good day. And uh, to to uh, we got Double G over there. What's up, Double G? Goliath, and of course the, <laughs> the node defender himself and the best CTO in the world. Uh, today, you know, I'm keeping an eye, I'm still keeping an eye on Bitcoin. I want to see, I really want to see a back test of the 45. I'd love to see us hit that. For, I really want to see a pullback to 45K, have it hold up and then just skyrocket up. Um, I'm also keeping an eye on Cardano. I'm actually keeping an eye on Ethereum Classic because actually one of the things we had last time was ethereum classic kind of took off uh early so i want to keep an eye on that one too even though you know people don't really talk about it much it is sometimes it can be a leading indicator so that one and uh and i also got my eye on cardano uh looking to see it do but it's interesting you know i hear everybody come oh, everything's pumping everything's pumping but it's funny all the stuff i'm in it's not pumping yet but man they're all rearing their heads up they all came out from being below the the moving averages the 20 the 50 and they're all peeking their head above it now. So I want to see them come up and I want to see them pull back and test that support. And that's when I'm going to get exciting. So that's those are the things I'm looking at. And uh, and that's the stuff I'm looking for. Nice. So we'll kick it to Gonzo next. But I want to show our listeners a price chart or not a price chart. Sorry, just a chart we've got from the bearable bull here showing us some indicators of what to look for when we get an alt season. So what will typically happen is we'll see a rise in Bitcoin. And then we'll get an over-leveraged dominance. So when Bitcoin gets up to that 60%, 70% dominance in the market, we'll see some of that money flow down and into larger projects like Ethereum. And then after we see Ethereum have some price action, the larger cap altcoins will then begin to pump. And then we'll have the smaller caps pump before the end of our alt season. So that's what we're going to be looking for. But Johnny brought up something great, which is that a lot of projects are moving 
but the non, none of the large caps like Ethereum, XRP, and, and ADA, some of those other ones, haven't had that large price appreciation yet. So it does kind of show us where we are in this possible alt season cycle. I'd love to kick it to Gonzo. What are your thoughts on something like this? Hey, good morning, everyone. Happy to be here with you guys. Love you guys. Um, yeah, you know, like Johnny was saying, just keeping an eye on Bitcoin. Uh, we had that seven days in a row where it green candles and it was just moving straight up. And it's healthier when we get that that retest or that pullback, not just for Bitcoin, but for the whole market. But we have seen just like uh, Mario, I'm invested in Zill. So it's definitely been popping off. But um, to uh, bring it back to like XRP, um, we, we always know if you look back at the charts, XRP always kind of moves last. And like we talk about on our on our weekly Zoom call, um, until XRP starts like uh, closing daily candles above a dollar is probably when I'll kind of start paying attention. Where we'll start to maybe it'll start moving up higher and we'll start getting to that dollar thirty mark. But you know that little bit of hopium there. But um, yeah, I probably won't even start watching it uh, every day or how we start kind of monitoring. Uh, you know, as the greed index moves closer to extreme greed, you know, like Johnny talks about, we start paying more attention to our um, exit strategy and our targets. If we're going to pull some profits. And I, as I look at XRP, it does appear that we're coiling up and I'm really interested to see how we react at that dollar 90 range. When we get up to where we peaked in April last year, I'm curious to see if we'll break through that zone or even test that relatively soon. I'd love to kick it to Mario before we hop into our articles today. I know we're going to bring some node content. We've got some cool Phoenix crypto... Phoenix crypto assets, Phoenix community capital <laughs> updates. We've got some PCA updates, but that's for after the show, people. I got my sweatshirt nice. on today. Good nice. morning, Mario. Is nice. there anything you're watching in the market for nodes? Maybe, maybe some updates on strong or just the market in particular. Yeah. So it's funny. I think that I think that your coin market cap page may not have been refreshed because we're actually seeing a little bit of a pullback in the market right now. Well, we're seeing Bitcoin pulling back right now, mm. uh, which is obviously making the entire market to to pull back. Um, um, so it goes back to saying what Johnny Crypto was saying that, you know, it would be nice to see that retrace. We're also coming up to a full moon, right? Um, I'm not sure when that's going to be, but we're On also the coming second. up to a full moon. There you go. So like we're a few days away. We're two days away from a full moon, which we typically see that. And it's funny. I said that at 11, 11, <laughs> but, uh, um, it's, it's interesting to see that, uh, we may see like a, a, mi uh, a micro low in the structure for for the crypto market but uh, i'm hoping that april in general is going to be a, a nice month um i'm hoping to see a lot of like zill has been a good indicator i think zill like a lot of people that probably feel like they missed out on zill but be optimistic if you're if you're on a cryptocurrency that you know is fundamental and it's been super boring and you know we could talk about xrp for example it's been a real patience tester because it's just been going sideways so zill has been a good indicator to maybe we've got this explosive alt season coming and just be patient. Eventually, you know, it's going to come to, to the turn of maybe XRP as well. So um, as far as nodes, yeah, I, we've got big announcements coming from, from strong. Um, they're going to have their AMA on Sunday. Um, their new stronger coin is, is, is already minted and that's going to, that's going to be phasing in very soon. So on Sunday, we'll get a lot of questions answered. Um, so for those of you that are looking to get into strong, this might be a really good time because of the price that's, that's, uh, that strong is sitting at right now. I really think that, and again, this is just speculation, not, a, not financial advice, but I really think that as soon as that we get that stronger coin launching, I really think that we'll get a, a, an upward price momentum. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And you brought up something really interesting when you talked about the full moon. Could you explain that to our listeners, what that usually indicates in the market? Yeah, absolutely. So as this is actually Waters Above Crypto. For those of you that watch Waters Above Crypto, he was on our show yesterday as well. He was the one that actually brought this up to our attention in our community. Um, there's a trend that's been very consistent for a while, not just in the crypto market, but predominantly in the crypto market where every new moon. So coming up to a new moon, we always see an upward momentum. And then going into a full moon, we see a a, uh, a low in the structure. And, you know, this could this is most most of the time. This is just a, a micro high and a micro yeah. low. 
in the structure. And, and Gonzo can actually talk about this way better than I can. He's, <laughs> you know, he's gotten into it uh, really good. He's, he's, he's a pro at it almost. And, uh, but yeah, essentially it's just that momentum. It's like we get a high in, in new moons and then we get a low in around full moons. And again, this is around like waters typically says that anywhere from, from five days before or five days after. Right, Gonzo? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't say it better myself. So yeah, usually it's a micro, uh, new moon is a, a micro, micro cycle. That's a tongue twister, uh, a yep. micro cycle high. And it could be anywhere between four or five days before or after. And then a micro cycle low, um, any four days, four or five days uh, after the uh, full moon. Um, and, and you could see it there uh, on the chart, right? Yep. That's you perfect. See. So that's perfect. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And so, yeah. So other things like uh, to look out for that he's talking about is that uh, we're going to get an eclipse. Uh, I think it's on April 30th. So uh, we'll see how that affects the market. I know the last time we had a double eclipse, uh, I think you talked about this yesterday, uh, was when we had that huge correction on December 4th. So uh, we do have an eclipse coming up on the 30th. And I think the big eclipses that he's talking about are towards the uh, end of the year. I think going October, November, we have some double eclipses that are coming up that could be pretty significant. That's great. Yeah. And I I guess we'll just continue because you you hit it spot on. I know that we were calling it a full moon. It is a new moon, I want to clarify. So new thank moon, you, yeah. Susie. Thank you for oh. commenting that. Yep. Okay, cool. So we'll continue. I got a <laughs> cool tweet. the correction. Yeah, it's a new moon on April 2nd. Yeah. So we'll continue with our next tweet where it says, when flare? Guys, we've got a flare networks update that's pretty exciting. We had a comment in the chat about this. The team is aiming for July 4th, 2022, to, and this will be confirmed in mid-June, where they're going to start making moves on the flare project. Let's just start off with Johnny Crypto. Pretty broad here. I want to keep it real short. But what are you anticipating here? And are you even taking this deadline seriously because they've failed so many times before? Hell no, man. They, they, these guys can't get their shit together. I, my suspicion is this. I think if the – this is just purely my opinion, right? I think that if the XRP lawsuit is settled, you know, Flair, Flair has got a lot of um, – a lot of money was put into Flair from the Ripple organization. It's through a secondary company that's invested in it. So my guess is that these guys are going to, you know, want to wait until that settlement comes. And maybe that's why it's been delayed all this time. So I, I think if we're settled, I think we'll see stuff happening. If we're not settled, then I think, um, you know, maybe we get another delay. Maybe we don't. Um, but I am, you know, I know everybody's sitting there waiting for the spark spark coins. And, you know, I don't know if anybody got them because I wasn't in, in before the deadline date. I think it was December 12th of 2020 you had to be in so have you guys gotten your coins yet if you uh has anybody got yet. So, so everybody's you know waiting and hoping for that spark and i and you'll get them you know i know on bitcher you could buy flare ious and that's what i've done apps in preparation for this but now we'll wait to see what happens you know yeah, what i'm thanks a for reminding me about? oh god what was, I was that i gonna say i was gonna say thanks for reminding me johnny that i wasn't part of the snapshot so i won't be getting any spark or flare tokens well you That's can though like i wasn't that. either but you can uh gg i could buy it you could buy the flare yeah, ious on bitcher yeah. yeah and then you'll get access to the <laughs> so for everybody out there who wants a spark uh you could buy flare for like i think 30 cents right now that's pretty cool. And something I'm a little bit concerned about is the fact that a lot of these exchanges are going to have the control of whether they distribute these airdrops to their customers. And we saw with Songbird in September that Coinbase actually withheld those tokens and never distributed them to people like me who deserved them. So I'm still waiting on my Songbird and I'm going to keep waiting on my flare. But my optimism for the project is not as high as it used to be. I do believe in what they've created. I'm just not sure about the airdrop and the timeline for the whole thing. I think it will be successful because decentralized apps are going to be utilized on the XRPL. That's inevitable, and this is a big part of that. So that's all I really have to say. I'm not sure if Mario or Gonzo had any closing comments. You know, I was just going to say, you know, it could be a situation where maybe they just overpromised. Like maybe they weren't as far as long as they thought they were. Uh, but uh, or like Johnny's saying, maybe they're holding off because they're getting close. They want it to get closer to the settlement of the uh, of the lawsuit. So that that narrative can combine and it can push, you know, the price up. Um, yep. Yeah. I mean, it could be a, a multiple things. I mean, these are the things we're going to be looking for. And we'll keep our listeners updated because I'm excited for my flare tokens. I'm really hoping we get them relatively soon. Even if it is in July, that sounds great to me. So our next article is going to be Ripple and Greenpeace join forces for a curious campaign to change Bitcoin to proof of stake. 
We've seen this narrative over and over again, but what's really interesting is that Chris Larson, who's the chairman of Ripple and, and a big, um, a very important role at RippleNet, he's the one that's advocating for this program, not only diminishing what Bitcoin's created as of now and talking about the energy concerns, but he's also criticizing people like Tesla, Jack Dorsey, and Abby Johnson for participating in this stuff instead of using better technology that's proof of stake as opposed to proof of work. So I don't really have any too, too many quotes to read here. I will dive deeper into this article, but I'd just like to hear from the group. What are some of your thoughts on proof of work and the energy toll it's taking on us? We'll go to Gonzo first. Yeah, th this whole story, like two degrees, it's just like all fine. And look, we all love XRP here, but Chris Larson, like taking a shot at Bitcoin, I just think it's kind of a low blow and just spreading FUD. Like, first of all, when it comes to the Ethereum merge, because they, they they mentioned there, we're, we're, we're hoping for the best, right? That's supposed to happen this summer, latest this fall. But look how long that's that took, right? So to sit there and think that all of a sudden that they're going to be able to just do that, the technology, I, I don't I don't think they could, right? I think it would take years and years. But why would you even want to, right? I mean, Bitcoin is so perfect. The way that it was created, the way it grew organically is what built the decentralization of it, right? What built the security. They have quantum computers that can't hack it, right? Why would you mess with that, right? Yeah. So I just think it's a lot of fun. And with the whole energy thing, when you look at different charts about energy consumption, like Visa and MasterCard use more energy than Bitcoin, but you don't see them trying to ban Visa and MasterCard, right? So it's just like a lot of fun, right? And but kind of low blow by Chris Larson. And Bitcoin uses, they're always using this analogy, Bitcoin uses more energy than Sweden, where there's a great quote in this article and it says, Christmas lights in America every year use more energy than Sweden. So it's a very, it's a very creative way that they're, they're pinning this narrative here. But what's interesting about this article is that he does underline that there's going to be a shift from Bitcoin and proof of work into technologies that are safer and more energy efficient, which I do totally agree with. I'd like to go to Johnny Crypto. What are some of your thoughts on him criticizing Bitcoin? You know, it's one of those things when you're the guy that has the green product, it's easy to 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 um, to throw glass, you know, to throw stones at the other guy. Right. <laughs> so I wonder if there's a little bit of that going on here. Right. It's like, hey, come on to this side and be green with us. It's pretty easy to do that. But I did see that. He, he I think he put his money where his mouth is. I think he put five million dollars. Yeah. Into, five million. You know, five million. Is it so? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't know what his intentions are. Obviously, um, you know, personally, I would love to see Bitcoin be sustainable in the long term. And if it takes them having to go green to do it, you know, it'd be great. However, um, I don't want I do like the fact I hope they don't ever lose the whole centralization, decentralization element of it. So that's going to be the trade off there. And he says, Bitcoin is and will remain hugely important for crypto globally. Bitcoiners, I know many of you may not believe this, but I'm not trying to work against you here. There's been a lot of talk about whether this is just an advertising campaign for Ripple's technology by criticizing Bitcoin and kind of using that headline to gain traction. Mario, I'd like to go to you next. What are some of your thoughts? Do you think Chris Larson has a point here? Yeah, I think Chris Larson, I, I don't think I don't think Chris Larson is trying to like people are creating FUD by saying that he's he's trying to bring down Bitcoin. That was not what he said. He's trying to help Bitcoin. And again, it goes back to saying like the, the whole statement about the Christmas lights in America. And, you know, if if people are concerned, I mean, what about ACs? You know what I mean? I mean, do we, we need ACs to keep ourselves cool when it's hot? Right. We need a heater to keep ourselves warm when it's cold. And those things you need dishwashers. Uh washing machines for your clothes. I mean, all those things are energy hungry and nobody talks about that. Right. But yep. all of a sudden Bitcoin, you know, is seen in the way. And, uh, you know, because I don't know, just I was talking about the moon phases before. And I think that we kind of our technical analyst in, in, in the academy was like, man, this guy can't get his freaking moons. Correct. So <laughs> he, he, he decided, look, look what happened. We there he is. The there he is. He's like, you, Mario, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to come on and I'm going to show people what technical analysis really is. There it is. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome in, Salman. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, well, I was like, these guys are talking about like uh, crazy stuff here on the channel. And I was like, hey, I got this beautiful on-chain update and um, I need to come. Uh, and see you guys and, and share this um, beautiful message with everybody here. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me again. 
Awesome. We're excited to have you, Summit. So honestly, the floor is yours. If you want to share your screen and just deep dive into this stuff, let's do it. Awesome. Thank you so much. So I'm going yeah. to share my screen with uh, with you guys. So um, so first of all, like very basic stuff. I'm checking out the weekly also. The weekly is super, super important. And um, basically, based on the price volume, you guys can also see this zone. And we've been talking about it, like 47500 48,500 is going to be a strong resistance, especially on the weekly. And um, even if we see that pullback, which I think is going to be essential, um, there is going to be a great support, hopefully at around 44, 45K, which is important uh, yeah. for a nice, healthy growth. Because I kind of feel like if you guys watch JV's latest video, like it's holy damn, like what's going on, especially yesterday on our live um, with him, like, um, he, he he mentioned uh, he brought it up you know macro strategy um, borrowed money um, to buy more Bitcoin etc like that's crazy and then you, when you check out the technicals it's it's all looking great I mean uh, we see that the market is slowly cooling off that would be great with a nice pullback at 44 45k I would really say uh, get ready for another leg up and I I really want to bring up this one here this indicator is amazing. So the outflow of, um, of Bitcoins from exchanges is just increasing day by day. Every single day That's you crazy. see more. And this is crazy. This is yesterday, yeah, right at resistance, right? With wow. like a little pullback to 46, 40, uh, 47K. Uh, guess what happened? 81,804 Bitcoins have been uh, moved out from exchanges. A day before it was 63. And like last week, for example, it was around 50K. And, and imagine 81,000 Bitcoins right at resistance because usually you don't see kind of that kind of event. That means there is going to be a huge supply shock and it's you know happening. Price appreciation is coming. And I, I really believe, you know, um, you guys always bring it up, the fear and greed index, right? Yep. Check it out. It's at support right now. So I wouldn't wonder if, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see a nice support here and then a nice pump again. Uh, but if I check out the bull and bear index, you guys know, like a couple months ago uh, when we talked about it, it was at 0.2 something. And now everybody's bullish on Bitcoin, especially right at, um, you know, right here at resistance. You see it's slowly going to pull back and people feel like this is going to be a higher low by the dip, by the dip. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if I see like a little liquidation here, like a quick dump. Yep. to trigger all stops but i feel like once we hold the 45k i feel like get ready get ready guys that's pretty much it yeah hey, that's Selman. awesome Selman. go ahead Selman, on that um when you had that outflows chart can you bring that back up again that out yeah are you able to show a longer term on that to where we had the time frame yeah there we go okay i want to look at november so when did we get the last drop what was the biggest one we've got minus 150k back in when we had yeah, the last so, bull run, what in twenty one? That one. Um, so ba basically, you see this one right here, right? Yeah, that's or, the one. Especially the March crash back back here. Yeah. Now people were super scared, uh, of course, um, right when the pandemic started, March twenty twenty. But then uh, after that, the halving took place also in in I don't want to lie, it was in um, early May, but um, May eleventh. Funny thing is. You see that outflow has increased and that was a supply shock event and you've seen that massive rally um but then you know it went sideways and then at some point you see when the price went up people were still a little scared what if it dumps etc you you've, we've seen the inflow coming in uh, usually when there's an inflow you can expect a dump um or you know when price goes up usually what you would expect is uh, they um, people moving their bitcoins back to exchanges to take profits, right? To sell their bitcoins, and actually that's what ha what happened. But then at at this dip right here in September 2020, we had another massive outflow and the rally started. And in the same kind of scenario will happen again probably back here in, in you know last year in um, August in summer, uh, we've seen a massive inflow, uh, massive outflow. Price went up, and then. Um, that dip here was even um, was in was even a um, a clear message like the the most important message because JV was talking about it everybody was talking about it guys get ready for October and this was a clear sign a lot of outflow during that 
time, like in September. That was crazy because we also know right here, check this out. Back here in September, um, the big whales, like the ones holding more than 100 Bitcoins, for example, they have been cashing a lot and they um, withdrawn their Bitcoins to external wallets. And that was a clear sign. And they all accumulated a lot um, right after the Ukraine conflict started. So and, and we, we're getting news, actually. And you probably brought it up that um, the Ukraine and Russian conflict can actually boost uh, crypto mass adoption. Right. Uh, and and yep. it, it's, it's clear to me that something's happening here. Hey, Selman, I noticed something. Go back to that um, to that outflow chart again. You know, what's really interesting. If you can bring that up again. Yeah. So what I just noticed as you were showing this is, is, I mean, maybe this is obvious now, but it, it's like whenever we're in the red, we're good. It's when we get into the green, you need to start to like, look, at it. we're not even anywhere near the green yet. But once you get into green, you need to start to worry. So this actually has me feeling really good because we're, we're nowhere near green yet. But when you get in the green, you see every time in the green, there's always, you know, at some point there's that that drop about halfway through. So this is very interesting. I'm not even going to worry until I start to see some big green bars printing now at this point. Yep. This, I'm this absolutely, this absolutely awesome. convinced when there is a lot of red, you should know there is going to be a supply shock and, and a price appreciation. Yep. But when you see the um, inflow, so the green is increasing, but price keeps up. It's a ticking bomb. It tells you it's a big warning. Watch yeah. out. People are moving their Bitcoins back to exchanges because yeah. obviously... They want Obviously, to they want to cash out. Yeah. Big profits. So watch out, and then boom, that crash happens. So right? good. Nice. So this is a very important message. I wanted to bring that up. We will bring it up. Um, uh, like, you can check it out on Discord. We're sharing it basically every every single day right after daily closing. This is an important update. And, uh, yeah, this is going to help us a lot, you know, understand and t time the market. And totally. Selman, we always watch Bitcoin. Mara? Oh, I was going to say, Salman came on specially just to give this warning. So make sure you give that thumbs up a hit. Yeah, Don't guys. just hit that Absolutely. thumbs up button. Smash, the like Smash button. that like button for us. Because we bring the heat, we bring the energy, and we're going to keep going here. We've got an Ethereum article. I'm going to go to Gonzo first here because I know he's got so much great information to bring to us. And thank you, Salman. That was perfect. We're going to get some more technical analysis, especially on XRP when we roll back around to it because i got a bunch of questions for you. But our next article is how a post-merger Ethereum could attract institutional investment. Staked Ethereum could be an ideal investment vehicle for major institutions looking to dip their toes into crypto holdings. So we've got liquid staking solutions coming to the Ethereum DeFi protocol, meaning that people are going to be able to stake their Ethereum, not lock it in for a time frame, and earn 10% passive income. This is going to be a huge opportunity for institutions because not only are they going to be able to stake their liquid Ethereum, they'll be able to take collateralized loans on that Ethereum. So for example, if I had a, a million dollars in Ethereum, I could stake that passively and earn 10% while also taking out, let's say, $200,000 to purchase additional Ethereum in the market, further leveraging myself and betting on the success of Ethereum. I'd like to go to Gonzo. What are you looking for when we see this ETH 2.0 merger and some of the things we may see from institutions once we get to that point? Yeah, so uh, someone kind of mentioned it. So he mentioned the Bitcoin halving, right? So for those of you that don't know, so the last Bitcoin halving was uh, May 11th of uh, 2020, right? And the next one's going to be in, uh, I think in spring of 2024, we can start to see what the block sizes are and I'll give us a more appropriate date on when the actual next halving will be. But what that is, is it's a reduction uh, in the production of Bitcoin in the rewards that the miners get. It gets cut in half, right? So- yeah. What's happening is with Ethereum is as it moves from Ethereum to Ethereum 2.0, or maybe they're calling it the beacon chain, or moving from proof of work, which is mining, to proof of stake, which is nodes, right? Yep. They're calling it the Ethereum triple halving. And so what's happening with that is a reduction in Ethereum. So the inflation on Ethereum goes from, I think, 4.3% to 0.43%. So- yep. Uh, it's super, super bullish for Ethereum. You combine that with the uh, the burning protocol uh, and, and it gives a whole uh, totality of it come together. And with, But they're, what they're talking about here on the article, it's um, super, um, 
it's what coach is always talking about, right? Money makes money. So they're basically taking Ethereum, right? They're staking it and then they're getting staked Ethereum, right? They get 10% on that. And then they're taking a collateralized loan that only I think is 4% on the staked Ethereum. And then they read so they get Ethereum back and they restake that. And it's like a never ending loop that just keeps feeding itself. And then, so imagine if you have, like you were saying, $100 million, you just keep feeding that and it just keeps growing exponentially. And so, yeah, it's super bullish on Ethereum. Yes. Johnny Crypto, do you have any comments? Um, actually, I do, but I do want to address this because I think this is an important question here. Um, but so can you put your 401k into crypto? Yes, you actually can. Uh, there's a there's a company out there called iTrust Capital and you can roll your 401k into that um, or you can do a Roth IRA, whatever. So um, and this is actually a good conversation because think about what what, what Mar, um, Double Don't G was just talking about. Uh, if ETH goes to 2.0 and then with the triple having, I mean, this is a catalyst for this thing to really skyrocket. And I've been saying from day one that ETH is dead if it doesn't go to 2.0. If it doesn't switch over, the gas fees are not going to be sustainable in the long term as this technology matures because there's too many other technologies out there that are going to compete with it. And we all know at the end of the day, if I asked you, do you want to pay $87 to buy your NFT or do you want to pay $0.04? Cents? I think I know the answer, right? Yeah, attaboy. So, right? So at the end of the day, ETH has no shot. It can't survive. It has to do this. And when it does, and if it does it early enough, it's the king right now. ETH is the king. All the apps, everything's built on ETH. If they get their shit together and make the switch over with the having, I'm super bullish on ETH. I, I wasn't in the past, but I am now. I, I've been becoming more and more bullish on it because of this, the 2.0, the having, and same thing with Bitcoin. So I think ETH and Bitcoin, I've been playing more of the altcoins, but I can tell you right now, Abs, as I get profits from this coming alt season, I'm going to be rolling those at the right times into both ETH and um, Bitcoin. Yeah, you know, just to add to that, um, you know, depending on who you talk to, um, some people think that it's the Ethereum merge that might push the market up. You know, usually we talk about right. Bitcoin pushing the market up, yeah. that it could be Ethereum and its price appreciation, right? Because as it goes to proof of stake, um, not only, I think right now it's like 30 transactions per second, it's going to go to over 100,000 transactions per second, right? Wow. And it's also, and it's going to feed, we were just talking about energy consumption, right? It's going to feed that narrative also. I think it uh, becomes... I think it reduces 95.5% energy consumption uh, from the mining to proof of stake. So it's going to feed all these different narratives. Um, and, and I think it's just going to push the price of ETH. So yeah, don't sleep on ETH. Don't sleep on nope. ETH. And by the way, if you do go into 401k, look into a Roth because you can make, you can, you can earn all your money in um, crypto gains and not have to pay a single. Everyone says, how do we avoid taxes? Get a Roth IRA. No taxes. Always side with the Rothschild. That's a safe decision. That's how I found XRP. <laughs> but I'd like to go to Selman or Mario next just to get some closing comments. Selman, I know you've got a ton of experience, not only in crypto, in trading and NFTs all over the board. So what do you think this Ethereum 2.0 shift means for the entire crypto industry? Um, yeah, um, all I can say is the proof of stake um, mechanism has to come because there is a whole new narrative coming, which is climate change. And um, yeah. it is too powerful. Like what you've seen so far with the pandemic, et cetera, that was, you know, just a taste of what's going to come next. Climate change is a big narrative. And like Ethereum as being the king right now, I truly believe once they move uh, to proof of stake, you'll see um, a lot more activity on uh, the blockchain. Because JV also mentioned that, right, um, that so many banks are involved in ETH. Like uh, ETH, Ethereum is just the, you know, uh, the crypto blockchain for bankers and it's going to be very important in the future that's one thing but also want to address the liquid staking um i've seen that on osmosis um uh, the uh, on the atom ecosystem they already launched it like months ago and it's it's absolutely insane what you can do you can literally stake your coins and um provide you know uh security and it, it actually help uh the blockchain to you know uh, operate uh securely 
and uh, on the other hand you receive a derivative that can that you can use for liquid for liquidity pools and also gain money from these pools so it's it's so interesting to see like all these different uh features you have in in the crypto space that you you wouldn't know in like the normal banking system so it gives you these different opportunities and imagine ethereum this like if they really do this this is going to give you a great passive income opportunity Exactly. And that's what we want to emphasize is just the evolution of Ethereum, right? The evolution of finance as a whole. We're going to move away from these energy consuming mechanisms and into more sustainable protocols, which is a perfect shift into our next article, which is a RippleNet article. We have a tweet from Mr. Johnny Crypto himself. Go follow this guy on Twitter because we know he deserves it. Johnny Crypto with two zeros at the end. Another bank joins RippleNet ecosystem and will start using XRP. I love seeing Ripple plant the seeds for the XRP ledger. And those who have the patience with XRP will someday be rewarded. Totally agree with this guy. I don't know this Johnny Crypto character, but he sounds like a brilliant guy. So I know I'm going to follow him. We've got a good quote here. The QMB Group is the largest financial institution in the Middle East and Africa. And they're unveiling a new innovative payment solution as part of its payment ecosystem and strategy for cross-border payments with Ripple. Being the first to market through RippleNet, this partnership delivers real-time payments, the real exchange of value. And it's utilizing RippleNet. They also have plans to expand their key remittance corridors to other large countries in the near future. Coach JV talked about this in his video today, but I'd love to hear some comments from our group. Let's start off with Gonzo. We're seeing the evolution of banking. We're seeing the evolution of finance. And we know RippleNet is going to play a key role in that whole process. But it's great to see the largest financial institution in the Middle East and Africa using RippleNet. It's 2022 and they're using this stuff. So what are some of your thoughts? Um, it's funny because I, I, I swear I mentioned this like early, like one of the first couple of shows that we had where like 2021 was like the Asian Pacific and like, uh, all the Asian countries with, with ripple and what was going on. And that 2022, I think I said this at the beginning of the year was going to be like the middle East and Africa. So we're just seeing that come to fruition. So it's just awesome to see, you know, Ripple's going to keep making moves, um, and they're going to keep building their ecosystem. So it just makes me bullish. And we see a lot of the payment testing taking place in the Middle East and Africa. So it's interesting that the largest financial institution in those regions is using RippleNet. Johnny Crypto, great tweet. What are some of your comments? I think somebody should teach that Johnny Crypto guy that crypto spelled with a C, not a K. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, on a serious note, you know, I think that... Um, That's German, by the way. That's oh, the German word. See? Oh, maybe maybe Johnny Crypto's got some German in there. Maybe there's some German in there too with the time. Um, you know, and there's an X back there too. Uh, you know, I think this is super exciting because um, the way technologies work, I think we've been saying this in the past, it just doesn't happen overnight, folks. These things happen by planting seeds and then you watch them grow. You've got to go in and work with these. I'm in technology, right? And we have to go. And we work with OEMs and we got to go one by one to try to get them on board, get them to come in and design our technology into their devices. Right. This takes time and it's slow and it's a process. And that's exactly what Ripple is doing here. Yes, that's an Italian. Yes, that's an Italian flag. Joke. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but, but these things take time. And so this is exactly what you want to see. You want to see Ripple planting seeds and now they're pretty much globally i mean they're they're in there were 20 i think we said it the other day 22 countries or something like that and this is just another indicator or another one coming on board so now what do we need we need that final catalyst abs we need that match to be lit and what is that sec the sec baby so it's like you you could see like they're waiting slow the train down let ripple go and do their thing let them get on the board keep the price low all the big boys packing the bags. And then maybe, you know, when they're ready, we switch to flip, as Abs likes to say. <laughs> and um, and uh, and then we and then and that's not really going to happen. Right. It ain't going to be like one day where, boom, it just happens. It's just going to slowly, gradually be there. And then the whole thing's going to be in place. And then there'll be some catalytic event, you know, catalyst, catalyst event, you know, war, high cyber attack. Who knows what it's going to be? And they go, oh, we need to switch to this thing. And then the rails are going to be in place and, you know, they'll get you familiar with it. They'll get you, you know, used to it. People, they'll start dribbling out here and there and then it'll just be the norm. Like, okay, yeah, this is how we're doing it now. And that's it. And then next thing you know, you know, you start to see these technologies that drive all that stuff are going to start to take off. 
I'd love to go to the Node Defender next. As we're seeing the foundation be laid for this new financial system, we always talk about on this channel, it's about exchanging the actual value and moving away from a debt or credit system. So RippleNet's another great example of that. What are some of your thoughts, Mario, on this taking place in the Middle East and Africa, which are typically the testing corridors of the world? Yeah, I mean, Ripple has been predominantly very active in that side of the world. They they continue to con- to make these partnerships, whether it's financial institutions, you know, uh, payment processors, um, all all the different all the different things that RippleNet can help with and Ripple can help with, and the FUD with with the SEC has has really not slowed down the amount of business that they continue to bring in. And I think it's just a matter of time. I saw somebody in the chat saying that XRP, which is completely okay. I'm not trying to call out this person, but somebody said that XRP is one of the worst investments, something like that. And that's completely okay. Like if you spent your time to look into the currency or or the project and it just simply doesn't resonate with you, that's completely fine. But, you know, us, we talk about XRP because we we spend hours researching it. We understand what it's what it's solving for for. Um, you know, for the economy or for the financial institutions, for the banks, for that matter. So that's why we're so bullish on it. And the fact that, you know, is has it been has it been difficult to be a, an XRP investor? 100 percent. It has been the most difficult thing to invest in something that hasn't produced any returns, especially when you're seeing the rest of the market just exponentially grow and you're seeing XRP just stay stagnant. So that's been that's been a real patience tester, like I said before. But just got to be patient. That, that's all we can say, because you know, eventually, if you really believe in it, it, it will give you that return that you're hoping for. Mar, you touched on something that I think is important is, you know, when I see comments like that, it makes me wonder, you know, one of the things, is it one of those things where, I don't know what the hell is going on, on my screen or whatever, but, you know, it makes you wonder, do people say that because they're just frustrated because they've been in this yeah. thing for so long? And what's happening is I get it. You all have expectations and your expectations have been met. So you get, fr- haven't been met. So you get frustrated. And then you bash on the technology. And to me, that just tells me that whoever went into that didn't know what they're getting into. And guys, when you invest in something, you should know what you're getting into. And if you don't and you're here to make a quick buck, well, then I understand why you make comments like that because you thought, hey, you're going to get in, you're going to get out. No, you need to understand what you're into. This is a, this is a real world style of technology. And the reality is we're just not ready yet. We're so damn early in this thing. And for those people who are impatient, that's fine. They're going to get knocked out of it, and it's all good. You know, you're going to miss out in the long run, most likely, but it's okay. But if you're investing in something and you know what you're in, you'll be good to go. I love the passive aggressiveness yeah. there, Gonzo. Let's go to yeah. you next. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, you know, it, it, like Waters Above talks about this, right? Um, XRP is not a hodler's coin. Um, if you look at it right it, 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 when you if you look at its price history and you go way back to its creation um it, it it's if you really understand its movements and how it ranges it's kind of like a day trading coin really if you know how to day trade that's what it's really been good at but the reason people have been good at that is because they're trying to stack their xrp bags because they understand what it is but like that's why it's funny when people talk about it's going to go to 589 and all this stuff like that that's not really what it's about right but like johnny's saying that whole time that it's being boring and that it's being like sad and it stays at these certain price levels that's the time to accumulate because you believe in what they're going to do yeah. right but i mean yeah. yeah it's not a hodler's coin because um it, it hasn't done what some of these other coins have done like solana Chainlink, um all these other ones so yeah um but I do believe that's why it's my biggest holdings, right? That it will have its time in the sun, as they say, right? I agree. Yeah, and one, one last thing that I can add. Um, all blockchains, in my opinion, will coexist. All of them have different utilities, purposes, right? And and it's a free marketplace. So uh, there, there could be an application built on top of the XRP ledger, which is amazing. And, and um, is way better or offers, uh, you know, its customers way better service than others on built on Cardano or Ethereum. That's why, you know, instead of like saying this is a worse investment setup, I'm looking at the teams. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's built on XRP Ledger or um, Solana. I'm looking at the teams. If I invest in a company like Amazon, I'm not really looking at Amazon as like, wow, like they're big, etc. I want to look at who's the team behind it. 
even the CEOs <laughs> always tell that. Someone um, remove Johnny from the controls, please. Continue. Live television, people. <laughs> that is live television. Yeah. Guys, this is live. Oh, by the way, notice all the hand signals going on, guys. We're gonna we're gonna have you guys try to figure out what those mean because apparently keep my are- name out. Your- <laughs> <laughs> no, keep. Keep my keep my image out of your finger. <laughs> Sorry about that. So I was trying to anyway, make you larger. So all I can say is, guys, um, focus on the utility, and it takes time. It really takes time. Of course, we want the Solanas back in summer, for example, when you just buy, and like a couple weeks later, it does another easy 10x. I mean, XRP has a high market cap, but it's like it's still uh, – we believe that the utility is very, like obviously there. It takes time. The hype will come back. You see, there are so beautiful coins out there. They haven't pumped this in this bull run because the narrative was completely like focused on NFT gaming, whatever, right? Uh, so metaverse. But like that, the time will come where also security tokens will have a crazy hype. It's coming. It, it, there are sectors. Um, it's going to be in NFTs for, for a while and then metaverse and then security tokens and then like XRP, right? It, Banking it's, tokens. It's, Yep, absolutely. And that's why, you know, um, I, I personally would say have a portion and forget it. And you, you never know what's going to happen. Diversification is key. But like, don't over diversify, of course. But you know, if it doesn't resonate with you, JV says that all the time, I everybody here, if it even if we truly believe in it, if it doesn't resonate with you, absolutely never invest in that. Because at the end, um, there is a certain energy. And if you don't like it, if, if you hate to invest in it uh, and and it, it doesn't go up it's gonna like it's gonna be so stressful for you that journey so please don't invest in it if you want to invest in a shit coin that perfectly resonates with you though do it because even if it's a shit coin at least you know um you felt happy when you invest in it and excited but don't do the uh, opposite so i want to thank you all for having me i have a meeting with jv and um yeah can't awesome. wait Thanks for joining us, uh, Salman. We always love to Thanks have you. Thanks for joining, Salman. Thank you so much. Yeah. Salman, we love you, brother. Yeah. Mario, the floor uh, is yours. I was, I was just going to add to what Salman was saying and, and follow follow the signs, follow the trail. Like we see the involvement that Ripple has uh, like with, with organizations like the World Economic Forum. Like these are signs. Like wh- why would they be involved with, with these big organizations or big institutions if nothing was to come out of it. Of course, nothing can come out of it. And like Salman was saying, you know, invest in something that you feel. If you don't feel like XRP is the right investment for you, that's fine. Just don't invest in it. But if you are impatient, then that's that's something that's a, a negative trait to have, or you should be working on it because uh, if you believe in the technology and you're just lacking patience, then you may be missing out. And I'll, I'll give everybody an example. Last week, I sold a little bit of my Zill bag so I could get into Phoenix Fire. And literally two days later, Zill doubled in value. And I was like, man, I can't believe this because I literally said it. I'm going to sell a little bit of my Zill and then I'm, it's going to move up. And it did. So this goes to say about the patience. It's, yeah. it's key. It could happen at any time as well. Hey, Mark, can you go sell your XRP, please? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. You know, it goes Only if you here. promise... Only if you promise to give me a little bit of your profit if I do. If, if it skyrockets like that, I'd be happy to. If you're the catalyst to make <laughs> stuff happen, go sell all your shit. Just let me know. I'll give it back to you. <laughs> you know, we talk about this all the time. It goes back to your investment thesis. Like, you know, what kind of investor you are and knowing what you're investing in so you have conviction, right? If you don't, like what someone's talking about, if you don't believe in the project, then you're going to tend to listen to other people or you're going to sell. And then that's what, what, what always happens. And it gets price appreciation and now you're just kind of chasing uh you're you're chasing price appreciation and that's bad anytime that you do that you're going to get wrecked right so that's why we tell people do your own research have an investment thesis know what you're investing in and, and follow what you resonate with right if, if you resonate with meme coins then that's what you should invest in because we know how cycles go eventually we have like a meme season there's so many of them you have to pick the right one right but um yeah yeah so you have to believe in it and I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to, uh, I wasn't being impatient with Zill. My, my thought process oh, yeah, was no, Zill has just been so sideways yeah. that I'm like, I'm going to sell a little bit to get into this project and then buy it back within a month. But Zill just decided to not do that for me. And, like, but no, then the, no. other, <laughs> the other good thing though is Mario is that it's like that you pulled the money and then you spent it on something. You actually rolled yeah. it into another project that has huge potential. 
And so I think right. that makes, you know, I think that makes a difference, right? A lot of my profits that I had made early on, like profits that I made on HBAR, I put into Zill, right? And then that's paying off now, even though the whole time I was staring at it going, man, I should have just kept it in HBAR. You know, you're kind of staring at it, but I believed yeah. in Zill and what they're building with Metopolis and, yep. and it's paying off. I'm with you. And there's a reality in this market where if you're moving with the herd, typically you're going to get smoked, right? So what you have to do is be considered a fool and you have to invest in these things before they're considered by the masses to be the future of finance or the future of global adoption. And that's what I love about XRP is that there's still so many people questioning the real world utility of RippleNet, which I think is outrageous just based on the amount of central bank partnerships they have. And now we're seeing that technology actually being used. It's not speculation anymore. They're rolling out the protocols to test this stuff. In three or four years, we're going to look back and say, holy crap, the amount of innovation that was taking place in 2022, it, it was historic. And so our viewers should be grateful that they have the awareness of this stuff. I want to give a shout out to Susie and a shout out to Joseph. Those comments are amazing. They keep us motivated. They keep us excited. And if you're enjoying this conversation, smash that like button for us. Show these guys some love. But we'll keep the ball rolling here. I want to show you a quick price chart from XRP. We've got some key resistances and key supports to identify here. Another big resistance is that $1.96 range on the XRP price chart. Then we've got the $2.12 range. And then we're going to go way, way up to about $11.50, which I'm not anticipating happening anytime too soon. But it is very cool. I'm interested to see how my exit strategy fits into this, to this plan. But I'll kick it to Johnny Crypto. I know he's got a great exit strategy. What are some of your thoughts on a price chart like this? Do you think this is realistic? First of all, yes, we have a great dynamic age range here. So it's nice to see abs is like 50 and I'm 25 and then <laughs> in the middle. Johnny's the oldest. Johnny's the oldest. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, a, he's, he's not a boomer. Remember no. that he's not a boomer. He's an X-Man X-Men. Gen X. That's why it's there. It ain't for the XRP. Of course it's XRP, but Gen X baby. So for all you out there that call me boomer, no, it's Gen X. Get your, get your shit together. Get your facts right. But <laughs> speaking of the X, um, you know, yeah. So you, you want to have an exit strategy. Uh, my plan on XRP is I'm holding, you know, 25 to, uh, 50% to beyond, um, beyond 2025. Right. Um, cause I really think 2025 to 2030 is when this whole, you know, when the internet took off, right. And everything started, I mean, it starts, first of all, they were developing it like in the seventies and eighties, it came to Austin, like the 90, late nineties. And then really it's like big now. Right. So it's going to take 10 or 20 years for these things to really, really explode. So my goal is to accumulate a lot of this stuff right now, guys, 5% of the world, 5%, 5% of the world is invested in crypto. That's it. There's 95% of the people that still have to come into this thing. Oh, I don't know what happened to abs, but I didn't touch anything. Here are my hands. <laughs> just, to, just to be clear, my hands are right here. I did nothing. But That wasn't um, me either. It wasn't me he's either. Just, <laughs> yeah, he's probably just having some technical difficulties. He'll yeah. be back. But I think getting back to XRP, so we're in it early. So I'm taking 50% of my bags into the future, 25 and beyond. Um, but the other 50%, yeah, I want to profit. If we get some bumps go up and down, is this is going to be, you know, it doesn't go straight up. The market's going to go up, it's going to pull back. It's going to go up, it's going to go pull back. And there's going to be opportunities to sell on some of those high points and then reinvest back in and build your bags up even more for the future. And so that's kind of, you know, the plan there, what I'm planning on doing there. So that that's that's kind of my, my plan there. Um, Gonzo, what's your thoughts on what are you, what are you, uh, what are you going to be doing with your XRP? It's funny because like as I, I as I'm, I'm longer and longer in the market, you know, it starts to adjust. Like when I yeah. first got in, I was just going to hold it for long term. I was looking 2025, 2030, right? And then as I started to learn about different cryptos and DeFi and all this stuff, then I thought, oh, you know what? And hearing stories about people watching uh, their cryptos go up in the 2017 bull run, and then they watched all their profits go down the backside. Coach talks about it all the time, right? So I thought, okay, you know what? I'm probably going to sell like 90% of it or maybe a majority of it. And then in the bear market, I'll reinvest. Right. And so I, I'm probably somewhere like in the middle now. Right. But like with my price targets with XRP, I, I my first exit target is, is probably doesn't even start until we get to uh, the all time high. Right. When I really start yeah. looking at it, because um, mm -hmm. in my mind and, and I more look at, I, I'm not worried about the time horizon. If this takes, a year, two years, five years, 10 years, I don't care. But uh, like one of, one of my first exit prices, I think is like $10. I, I'll start looking at it at the all time high and I'll start doing a little bit of math. And then depending on what the rest of the market's doing, right? If there's another project 
that's down, like it's metaverse or DeFi that I believe in, then I might pull profits from XRP and put them into those if they're down. If they're up, then I might just keep the XRP or just keep them in stable coins uh, and then wait for whatever I want to reinvest in or maybe even reinvest into XRP as it comes yep. back down. But like I said, I have a real long time horizon, right? Uh, but I think I'm back to like selling uh, a certain percentage of it. I just haven't settled on it yet. Hmm. I think you nailed it, and then keeping yeah. some of it, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Gonzo nailed it. It's it's all about the and it, it, oh, breaking news: Abs is back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I had some technical difficulties. The laptop died on me, so that's why you're unfiltered content. You were talking, so I figured I'd help you out. Yeah, perfect. So, I mean, we're coming into our closing minutes here, but I did want to cover a couple more topics really quickly. I wanted to show. And I'm sorry, we're gonna have to do this live was, here. So I'm gonna share my screen again. Uh, was Mario gonna say something, or you good, Mario? Mario, uh, abs. We were just getting Mario. No, no. Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. You guys nailed it. The only thing I was gonna say is that if you guys are wondering what the hell we're talking about as far as exit strategy and all that stuff, then be sure to check out 3twarrioracademy.com. That's the academy that we're all part of. That's what taught us what we know today, or a lot of what we know today, and 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 helped us just navigate the market, stay consistent. Uh, stay with our heads in the game, not get swayed by by FUD and all that uh, all that stuff. And you know, you can talk to us, you can ask us questions. We've got ton of ton of content, ton of courses. Um, we basically hold your hand and and help you navigate the market. So be sure to check 3twarrior.com. Love yeah, it. Or join, or join the free Discord, right? Uh, yeah. You know, too. and then yeah. see and see how you like it. Yeah. Or come to the Freedom Conference in April. Many many that ways too. to see us. Many many ways. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. So we're going to hop into a Bitcoin article next, where it's just a quick t tweet I wanted to show our listeners. Terra Luna is now the third largest disclosed Bitcoin holder in the world with 30,727 Bitcoin. And we've got a list of the top five treasuries on the planet right now for Bitcoin. Number one being MicroStrategies with 125,000 Bitcoin. That's almost 1% of all circulating supply. Number two, we've got Tesla and three Terra. So it's very exciting to see some of the largest companies on the planet buying Bitcoin in such large quantities. I know Johnny Crypto is a big Bitcoin advocate. So we'll close it out here and get some comments from him. <laughs> Just recently, actually. But, uh, you know, again, you know, look at these guys, right? So now, if you look at that list, what would be interesting is if you put who owns that. So you have Michael Saylor's name up there. You'd have Elon Musk's name up there. You'd have Jack Dorsey's name up there. You know, those are some big billionaires, right? And then also you got the CEO of Apple up there. You've got, um, there's another guy that we talked about uh, from South Latin America, another billionaire. So they're all piling into this, right? And they're doing it because they know at the end of the day, Abs, that there needs to be another place to put the money because every single money vehicle out there is actually inflationary. And I didn't realize it, but gold is, you know, and I, and, People have been saying, oh, you know, what do you mean? Well, the reality is that we're adding 2% of gold to the reserves every year. And as you add, like dollars, if you add dollars to it, you you inflate, right? Same you thing. You devalue it. You devalue it. Same thing that happens with gold. Now, it's very small. It's 2% a year and it's controlled. You know, it's very minimal. I mean, you can't just go print it like like these, like these they can uh, in the Federal Reserve, right? But so the reality is, abs, is until crypto came out, which is now the most, it's just perfectly engineered money. It didn't exist before. And the billionaires are starting to catch on. Why do you think they're all flooding into it? And Michael Saylor, I think, really, I mean, 125,000 Bitcoins. Dude, that's a shit ton of money he put into that. And now he just refinanced more of that in another company called Macro Strategies. And he put another, I think, I, I forgot how many hundreds of thousands of uh, coins he's buying. So, yeah, no, Bitcoin to me, Abs, is um, you see it. All the writing's on the wall, and now the question is, are the elites really going to pull the plug? Are they going to switch it to proof of stake? Or I, mean, I, I just don't see it happening. No. And uh, I have just a quick fun fact. In two days, I believe it's two days, we will have Bitcoin officially at 19 million in circulation. Only 2 million. Nice. Right? And that's it. And I want to bring one last comment before we close it out here. We've got an update from Phoenix Community Capital, which is the Fire Node project, who we interviewed Jordan Harry last Fire Wednesday. They're adding, the, they're adding the Fire token to BitTrue, which is exciting for people who are already holding this stuff. And we could see an influx of new customers or new consumers just because of this news. So very exciting. But we're going to close it out. I'd like to say thank you to Gonzo. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. Thank you to the Node Defender. 
It's been a pleasure as always. And we're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto content on a daily basis. If you enjoyed this conversation, please smash that like button. You saw the authenticity today between me and Johnny Crypto. We have technological issues, so we're still figuring it out. But I'd like to say thank you again to everyone. Thank you to our listeners. It's been a pleasure and we'll see you tomorrow. Warriors, rise. rise. Thank you for joining us. Love today. you guys. Let's Thanks for joining us today. Where's the monkey photo? The monkey? There he is. <laughs> Gazo, which one are you? I'm the one in the back. The young <laughs> one. You're the old one, remember? <laughs> <laughs>